0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to
1: Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzian. Hey, it's C Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio, Nathan Marzian, Bucks superfan. And single at Nathan Marzian. That's how you can follow him uh, on Twitter. Every time I do that, he just he, he smiles and he kind of giggles a little bit every time I say single. Hey, you, you want me to say it, then just tell me when you got a girlfriend and we won't say it anymore. But I, I will say this, this time of year, it's actually good for you because you don't have to buy a girl a Christmas present or anything like that. Save your money for yourself, spend it on yourself, spend it on your parents and so forth. Before we get into Bucks, Celtics and all of that fun stuff, uh how, how did christmas go did we, did we get any buck stuff well, how did we do nathan marzia
2: it was fine you know i spent it with the family and everything so it's always it's always a, a good time as far as you know what i got i didn't i, I told you this but i yeah. um i every year pretty much at least for the past few years when they've been really good i've asked my parents like don't get me anything my birthday's late may and obviously christmas is now and i'm like okay don't get me anything for christmas don't get me anything for my birthday but Bucks playoff time, which is, you know, right around my birthday when in in late May. I'm like, I just want, you know, some Bucks playoff tickets. I want to be able to go to a couple games, you know, in the second round or whatever. And so that's kind of what I just save up my my gifts for. But I did get a pair of uh Giannis shoes, the freak fours, I think they are. So I needed a new pair of basketball shoes shoes. So I did get those.
1: Very nice. Uh, his birthday is May 27th. We both have the same birthday. He keeps saying late May. You just tell everybody Honestly. when your birthday is in that way with your Twitter forgot, following, they'll probably buy you birthday presents on your birthday on May 27th. So just throw it out there, Nathan. Don't be scared. Uh, yeah, good. V- very good. Uh, 15-year-old uh, for his birthday. It was a Sacramento Kings birthday. Uh, he ended up with a uh, six-year-old I mean, through us spending the money. I got my Darren Fox, a black and Fox jersey. He got a white Sabonis jersey. And then my mom uh, ended up getting him a bunch of Kings. He got a pair of King shorts, King's quarter zip, a shirt. So he got a whole bunch of Sacramento King stuff. And then, of course, he got a, a Falcons jersey, a Drake London jersey. And then he wanted um, another Otani jersey. So he got an Angels Otani jersey. So yeah, he made out pretty good. Uh, I, I would say the 15 year old did. Uh, for certain. Uh okay, let's get into uh what we're gonna talk about here, which before we started the podcast, Nathan was just not seeming right at all. I'm glad he's smiling now. I got him loosened up a little bit. He's like, I oh, still still not over that game yesterday. Uh what did we learn about the Bucks after the Christmas Day loss uh to the Boston Celtics? Now let me just say something, and we're going to get into the Marzian tweet uh, in topic number three, asking about concern zero to ten about this Bucks team, and that thing just blew up and ran wild at that point. And we'll get into that. But, but everybody just understands something, okay? Because I was dealing with this on Twitter before we came on the podcast. Some dude saying, "Ah, oh, they're going to be out of the second round. It's over. They're all done." They're not a healthy. There, there is no Chris Middleton. So remember that. Number two, Ingles is definitely not what Joe Ingles is going to be, or at least we hope what he's going to be. By the time we get to the playoffs, this dude is still shaking off for us. Still not right. Um, and he'll get there. I mean, he hit a three. I was pretty excited about that. Uh, so he he's going to get there as well. How Bud's going to use him within the offense uh, and so forth, that will probably change uh, and evolve uh, over the course of time. We still have to see him on the floor consistently when Middleton and Holiday Giannis are out there, how those four look together with Brooke Lopez uh, if they decide to do that. There's going to be different combinations. There's a trade deadline still to get to. Like there's so much that's still going to happen. Yes. They lost to the Celtics. Uh, Yes. uh, The Celtics pretty much owned them from jump uh, in that game. Yes. Jason Tatum threw down a dunk on Giannis's head. They'll play for the rest of the year. Yes. All of that did occur uh, in that basketball game. Yes. Giannis didn't have necessarily his best game. Yes. They defended the paint well to make sure that Giannis necessarily couldn't get to where he wanted to go. And again, these two teams have played each other a ton since Giannis has been with the Bucs. And Brad Stevens has been affiliated with the Celtics, right? And yes, I know Stevens isn't the coach. And yes, I know he's in the front office, but I promise you, he's still involved, I'm sure, when it comes to games or series, a playoff series, as far as kind of giving his input on what he would do, probably. Missoula, uh, the coach now for the Boston Celtics, kind of getting his first taste of what this whole thing is. I think this is definitely is a rivalry. After the game, Jason Tatum talked about how they get up to play the Bucs that he likes watching the Bucs on TV when the Celtics aren't playing. He goes, a lot of that has to do with the honest but they're a fun team to watch. They're a good basketball team. So there's mutual respect. I think between both of these franchises, as far as how good they think each other is, I don't know if they both think they're the two teams to beat in the NBA. Like, I think this is probably what this is. They're probably the two best teams at this point, even though both haven't played well for the last couple of weeks, necessarily. Uh, just kind of take all that into consideration before we act like the world is ending uh because they lost on the road in boston uh on christmas day all right with all that being said to kind of lay the groundwork before marzion possibly implodes on the podcast uh nathan uh your thoughts on the game because i know you were frustrated
0: yeah it's
2: it's frustrating it's like i'm i'm i get too worked up over these games it's not the end of the world it's not at all something that I think we should be panicking and acting like, oh, my God, this team isn't even close to where they need to be. And, you know, we're not even there's people I see that are just like the Celtics are so much better than us. We can't compete with them. Like, I'm like, guys, relax this. I, I do think there's things to take away from it, though, and it's not just the Celtics game. It's more the past couple of weeks. I have moved my stance on Grayson Allen. Saw it. Saw it on Twitter. Yes, I did. I
1: saw you pull it back a little bit, Marzi.
2: I finally, I finally did. Um, because he, he showed promise early. He showed like he was improving his weaknesses. He showed like he was looking a little bit better. But then you see him against these good teams. And again, I know there's no Chris, and that's the only thing that makes me a little bit hesitant still. Is that I don't know how Chris changes things offensively. I don't know what it looks like, but Grayson just there's nothing he's giving you on either end, really, because it's like He's not able to really consistently get good looks from three. When he does, he seems hesitant. He's pump faking. He's trying to drive. He's not going to do much on the drive. He's targeted defensively. And it's just like, okay, I mean, you're not really giving us anything. As soon as his as soon as he's not really getting you much from three, and it's not that he's shooting poor like super poorly, you're still around 40%, but he's barely getting any looks anymore. Like these right, past few right. games, I feel like he's getting two, three threes a game. And it's like, okay, if that's the case, I mean, there's no reason for you to be here because the one thing. That he gives you that is his reliable trait is shooting and so as soon as that starts going away that's when i'm like okay you know i'll give it up um again the only thing that would make me again start to kind of like still want him here still keep him here is if things change a lot with chris and if we look um different with chris and it it opens things up and everything kind of falls into place but that's kind of the the thing i'm taking away from these past couple weeks is just okay that that spot looks like it does need to be upgraded get someone who can specialize in something, particularly probably defensively that you just can have out there. You can switch everything. they can't target anyone like a Jay Crowder or something like yeah. that. I was never, you know, completely against Jay Crowder. I like Jay Crowder, but I just, I was hesitant to give up with grace. And now I'm, a, now I'm definitely more on board with it. And I mean, yeah, yesterday came down to a lot of it's just shooting. I mean, and, and the bucks have struggled to shoot lately. And I don't really know, like it, it's Bobby and, Bobby's at 30% from three. I know Pat's at 30 something percent, but he's been hot lately. So I think he's going to get going. He's been fine. Um, but these guys just, they're, they're not hitting their threes. And then, you know, on the other side, Boston was hitting everything. And it's like, I don't know. You don't really know what to take from it because you don't know, is this us being bad shooters or is this us just being cold and them being hot? And, you know, can you rely on that for seven games? I don't know. But again, it's not something that I'm sitting there panicking. I saw the the shot quality score. I don't know if you follow shot quality, but they had it. It was a four-point game in terms of shot quality. They said the Bucs would win that game like 41% of the time. It wasn't really it it wasn't supposed to be based on the quality of shots taken a 20-point blowout. They just hit a lot of shots and the Bucs didn't. And I mean Tatum outplayed Giannis by quite a bit, which was which made a huge difference. So there just were quite a few things that went wrong, but I'm not panicking. I'm not acting like this team isn't even, you know, in contention with these other teams now it's still, I think us and the Celtics and some other teams coming up and, and, you know, being threats, but the bucks are right there still. And as bad as they played, you know, in that first half, they still, it was a one point game at half. It was close for some of the third quarter. And then it, it did get away as Tatum, you know, went off, but I don't know. I I'm, I'm not freaking out. It's just a little bit frustrating.
1: It's interesting because I, I realized a couple of things. One, I, Marcus Smart has always been the guy I really dislike the most, probably, on the Boston Celtics. Like, just cannot stand him. And I, I had a revelation yesterday. I think Grant Williams has inched in front of him in my dislike of uh, Boston Celtics players. I think Grant Williams is now my number one most disliked Boston Celtics player. Uh, and then I think Marcus Smart is, too. That can change at any time. That can change in the playoffs. That can change during the regular season. But right now, I think Grant Williams uh, has run in, uh, has gotten in front of him. And I think kind of what triggered it was, and again, he didn't do anything wrong, but he just rubs me the wrong way. That Bobby Portis BST where it looked like he punched him, which he didn't because it looked like he opened his hand and kind of like put his hand on his back. It says it was coming in his hand kind of opened up and pushed him from behind. And then they teed up Portis and you saw Grant Williams just laughing like there is no Wait, that should have been a call to technical because my board's like, What I do, what I do. You saw Grant Williams kind of come up and kind of tell him what he did. Then they got him for a taunting tee or whatever that was. I don't know where that came from either. I I didn't understand any of that entire call because, as they pointed out on the broadcast, it wasn't like Grant Williams went to the ground holding his back like he got punched. He never even made a move. He just turned around, ran back up court. So if he did slug him or whatever the case may be, uh, it wasn't very hard. Uh, because Grant Williams didn't move. Grant Williams wasn't running after Bobby Porter to try and start a fight. And if he would have got punched, Grant Williams would have went looking for a fight. Would be my guess. Maybe I'm wrong. But having watched Grant Williams play enough, I think that's probably how that would have played out. So that was BS to begin with. So you could see that that whole thing going on. And that was one of those signals during that game of, this is not going to be their day. Like, this this is just not going to be the Bucks' day. And what you said, you know, is it cold shooting? Are they just a bunch of bad shooters? You've got a track record now pretty long on Bobby Portis of who he is the last couple of years. So I'm not worried about Bobby Portis. He's going to, I think he figures it out. Pat Coddleton, streaky as they come. So that's going to be up and down. That's who that dude is. If he catches fire in the playoffs, he can help you win a game or two. If he gets hot. Uh, If he is normal Pat Coddleton where he's missing shots, then he is just another guy on the bench at this point. But at the end of the day, Just like in football, like you look at the Packers right now, right? They're on a little bit of a roll. They win the next two games, possibly get in. Who knows what happens? The hot teams they get in the playoffs tend to be the guys that make that run in the postseason. Baseball, that's the king of it in baseball. The team that's playing the best going into the playoffs tends to be the team that gets on this run. If the Bucs are shooting the three ball well, the next time they see Boston, if it's in a playoff series or whatever, they're going to win the series. If the Bucs can't hit a three to save their life like they could in on Christmas Day – they're going to lose the series. I, I, I don't think we have to analyze it. Anything past that. I really don't. If the bucks can't hit threes, because they're going to take a lot of them. That's the, the bud mentality. If they can't hit their threes, then they're not going to win a series against Boston. If the bucks shoot 40, 45% from three, then there's every reason they should win a series uh, against the Boston Celtics. But again, it's December. Like that was Christmas day. And in my opinion, as I've said in numerous times, that's when the season should start. This should be game one that we're talking about and just forget about the last month and a half or whatever. Start the season in Christmas end the season when you normally end the season uh, and be done with it at the end of June or whatever you want to play this thing out to. But season's too long. That's why to get worked up over a loss to the Celtics. I understand they're the two best teams. You want to shit up Celtics fans and Boston fans and all that. I get all that. But at the end of the day, it's just another regular season game. That is really all this is. Like, would it matter more to me if this game was March or April? Probably. It would mean more because now you're closer to seeing what the Bucks are getting ready for the playoffs, right? Trade deadlines pass. Middleton's had most of the year to get himself ready and healthy. Ingles now has had three months to figure out his role in the offense. You know, if this was end of March, early April, and this is how it played out, and both teams are playing for the one seed and they're both going, and that's okay, maybe I'm I'm more concerned about what is going to possibly happen in the playoffs. December, I mean, there's just way too many things that can happen between now and the playoffs um, to see kind of what this whole thing looks like. And because it's a long season, the ebbs and flows of a season. Like we talked about Marzion. They haven't been playing well either the last couple of weeks. Celtics, they haven't been playing great basketball. And I don't know what it's like on WEEI or the hub in Boston, the two sports talk stations out there. Maybe they're freaking out about the Celtics thinking they're screwed. The rest of the country is like, ah, oh, they're one of the two best teams. Bucks haven't been playing well. Rest of the country, oh, they're one of the two best teams. Locally, it's like, oh my God, what's wrong with the Bucks? You know, And we're going to get into the concern level. I'm going to read some of these tweets that people tweeted at you. Uh, but I guess that's kind of where I'm at. And again, I'm old, you're young. When I was your age, oh, yelling, screaming, legendary stories of Sparky going crazy in a studio while watching a Bucks game before a post-game show, that meant absolutely nothing. But the difference is back then it meant everything because you're battling for an eight seed. Every win was a big deal. Every game you're trying to prove that you're a step closer to being a competitive basketball team. Won a championship two years ago with relatively the same group of guys. You know this team is going to be really good by the end of the year. Did, did I help comfort you at all or or no?
0: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
2: Well, like I said, I'm not, I'm not like freaking out. I'm not, I just get mad at losses. Like they just, no matter what, I don't care if, you know, I don't care if it doesn't mean anything and it's like the most meaningless game. I just, it bothers me when the bucks lose. It always will. It's just, that's just how it is. Um, Especially when it's a team like Boston and you just, you want to beat those guys. And um, you know, I have people tweeting at me, all, all these Celtics fans. It's just like, it's just one of those games. that's like, ah, puts you in a bad mood. But like I said, it's, and I agree, you know, it's December. Like, we're not, we don't need to completely panic. We, and it, the thing I come back to as well, and we'll, I'll, you know, we'll get into the concerns and everything, but it's like if I told you at the beginning of the year, we're going to get basically nothing from Chris Middleton through Christmas, because we, you know, we've had seven games and he hasn't even played well. Right. And he doesn't look the same. We're getting basically nothing from Chris Middleton through Christmas, and you're a game and a half away from the best record in the league you'd be like, that's awesome. You know, they, that's, that's, I'll take that. no Joe Ingles. Yeah. And it's like, instead people just, it, you know, they freak out. And some of it's, they started nine to no, And I know they're only, you know, 13 and 11 cents and that's not great, but it's like, come on. Like we're missing Chris Middleton. It, 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 you're playing, you know, they had a really tough stretch here that, that they went through. Um, You know, I, it, it it's December. You're going to go through some bad stretches. They went through some bad stretches every single year. Every single team does. The teams that go on to win the finals, go look at the regular season. They're going to go through some bad stretches.
1: Yep, no question about it. All right, let's get to topic number two. Don't forget green and growing podcasts. Whatever podcasts uh, may be that you go listen to, whether it be Odyssey, Spotify, Apple, uh, whether it be uh, Google Podcasts. And don't forget, you can do the auto-download thing as well with these different websites. If You go to settings, you can go and do the auto download. So every time a new podcast releases for Green and Growing, it'll automatically just load right in. You can listen to it on the car, you know, car ride going to work or while you work out at the gym or on a lunch break. That auto download feature on these websites are huge. So I would suggest doing that as well so you don't miss any Green and Growing episodes. Tell your friends, tell your family. I don't think everybody knows about Green and Growing yet, so make sure to get the word out. For us. Nathan Marziot, how far can this Bucks team go if Curtis Middleton can't stay healthy? And let me point out, I'm getting really sick of this whole torn ACL and guys not being right. Bakhtiari, two years now, and we're having still having issues. And now an app and and everything else with the Bucs going on. He can't get on the field, hasn't been right really since. And now here's Middleton, where everybody thought, okay, he's had the full extended rest. Because remember, there was talk last year in the playoffs. People wanted him to play in the playoffs last year. And he didn't come back and play in the playoffs. Um, so you give him all this additional rest, he comes back. Here we go. Um, and, and no Chris Middleton, uh, or not a very good Chris Middleton when he has played, but still missing games. Is this going to be the same thing as last year? They're going to go to the playoffs, get beat by the Boston Celtics for sure again, but be able to get to that point? Possibly of a conference championship without Chris Middleton, or will the ride end even earlier if they don't have Middleton?
2: Well, first of all, I don't think I think people are overblowing and freaking out about like we can't we're not getting anything from Chris this year. We need to go like I saw someone tweet at me today, we need to go forward as if we're getting nothing from Chris Riddleton the rest of the year. I'm like, guys, I don't think that's the case. I don't. They, I, I mean, I think, yeah, he's been out a little bit longer than they wanted him to. You know, he came back, didn't look great. And they probably, he, you know, he probably was still a little bit hurt and they're, you know, resting him again. They want to be safe about it. I, I believe he'll come back, you know, sometime in the near future and, you know, he'll look a little bit worse than he was. He'll probably, you know, but I think eventually he'll get to a point where you're getting close to the same Chris Middleton, you're getting a good player, you're getting a productive player. I am still not like freaking out about that at all. But if they, you know, if they get to a point where, okay, Chris, isn't going to be the same player. And you know, you you just get to a point where you're like, wow, like he's, he's this, we are going to go this season without basically having a, a, a full Chris Middleton. I don't think you can get past, you know, you're not, I don't think you're getting past Boston. I don't think you're getting past even, I don't know. Teams like the nets and Philly and the Cavs who are all good. Like, I could see one of those teams beating you just because that offense, you know, and and it depends what they do, but that offense right now as constructed without Chris, I just don't think you're getting very far with it. Now, again, if you find out like pre trade deadline or you, you feel pre trade deadline that that's the case and we're not going to have him. I think you have to go try to, you know, get a shot creator rather than trying to get like a defender because at that point you're saying, okay, we, we need some offense because we're, you know, a pretty bad offense without Chris so far this year. And, um, you just have to, you have to go get someone who can get their own shot. And, um, again, I hope that's not the case. I'm assuming we're going to get Chris back at some point and and he'll be fine. But, uh, I think if you don't, you're going to need to kind of change, change your, your philosophy on the season, change kind of what you need for this season, because that's going to be a huge, huge loss on the offensive end. Now I don't, I don't, I'm not on the board of like, you know, if you kind of find out, okay, we're not going to get him for this year, we should be looking to like trade Chris Middleton and, and get rid of him and upgrade him. Um, Cause again, I don't think this is like a, we're never getting the same Chris Middleton. I just don't believe that's the case. So I'm still on board with, with, you know, keeping him and and trying to survive this season. You know, again, this is all, if, if he's not able to be fully healthy and we we find out he's not trying to survive this season, getting someone else, whatever. Um, that that can that can play alongside Giannis and Drew and and keeping Chris Middleton having you know you're, I'm sure he'll come back and be at worst like I'm I'm assuming he'll come back and just be not that great I don't think he's gonna be out the whole season but you know I, I think I I'm just not on the camp of like trying to get rid of him but the bottom line is yeah if you don't have Chris you're not gonna get very far because the offense has just shown that it's it's not good enough.
1: See, and when we did our last podcast, by the way, we didn't do that second podcast last week because I myself and my entire family were sick last week. So we were kind of uh, stuck in the house for the the end of last week and up through Christmas. That's why I apologize for not getting uh, the second podcast on last week. But the last time we talked, we talked about you asked me, what do you think this team needs? I said offense. You said defense and then started talking about Jay Crowder. I haven't changed. I still think they need offense. I don't care if they have Chris Middleton or not. I still think this team needs another scorer off the bench that can consistently score the basketball. Right now, your best scorer off the bench is a forward, backup center, and Bobby Portis. I want a guard that can give them 12, 14 points every night that can provide some type of spark and come off the bench. And then if that guy is playing hot, he essentially plays, You know, because I said a guard, that guard ends up playing for Grayson Allen, you know, at the end of a game to give them another score on the floor. Cause at that point, then if Middleton is right, you have them have five scores on the floor between Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Middleton, Drew, um, and whoever the fifth guy is. You know, think uh, like Lou Williams, like that type of instant impact offensive player, six, six player type guy. That's what I would like for this team. Jay Crowder is not that guy. But that, if I was. Picking the perfect type of player—that's what I'd want. To your point, saying well, if Milton's not back, they have to go find another playmaker. From that perspective, uh, agree with you uh, a thousand percent. No question. The one thing that makes me feel better—I feel like this Bucks training staff is one of the best in the NBA. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like uh, the the job they do is is amongst the best in the league. And I feel like if anybody can get Milton back to being semi-normal or close to normal. Between now and the end of the year, even if that means resting him a ton of games, not playing him a ton, but getting him right again, I think that this training staff with the box and this medical team would be the team to get it. Now, you you can't control you know, what the inside of his knee feels like or what it does next and so forth and how it feels when he cuts and all the other stuff that goes along with it. And the other part of this is trusting that knee right? Trusting that knee. When you take off to jump, when you come down, it ain't going to, it's not going to explode or taking that jumper or whatever the case may be. A lot of coming off of injury is the mental aspect of it too. And I just wonder mentally, where is he at mentally right now? Like, is he not playing right now because there's physical pain Is he not playing right now because mentally he's not where he wants to be and he's feeling like he's not in sync and he's all messed up and he's hurting the team and he wants to get more into sync before he goes back out there again? Like, to me, that's what I would kind of want to know. Like, is there physical pain, like shooting pain of why you're not out there? Is it soreness? Like, what is it that's keeping you from being out there? Because to be honest, if Chris Milton said, Mentally, I'm just not, I'm not ready right now and I've got to get my confidence level back up and get my game back because right now me going out there is not helping anybody. I need to get right before I go back out there again. If that's the reason, cool. I got no problem. I'm not going to criticize him. I got no problem with it at all. If it's like shooting pain, then we got red flags up all over the place and now they're having more internal discussions that we're not aware of. That's a problem with, I me, mean, not a problem, but just in general right now, Nobody really wants to talk about injuries anymore because they don't want to be sued by the players and all this other stuff or whatever is going on right now in all these sports. So you really truly don't know the significance of why somebody isn't playing. You know, when they want to give somebody a rest day, oh, it's knee soreness. Oh, his ankle doesn't feel well. Oh, he's got a sprained pinky. And just any way to get them rest without saying rest because they don't want to get fined by the NBA. So that's kind of what it is. But I, I think Middleton will be okay. Maybe it's optimistic Bucks fan. Uh, but either way, I still think uh, they're going to need a score at the end of the day. You differ, though, right, Nathan? You think if Middleton's fine, they have enough offense.
2: Um, I, think, I think if Middleton's fine, you take the blueprint that they went with in 2021 of getting a, uh, a P.J. Tucker yeah. and having five guys that you can't attack any of them defensively, you can't target anyone, you know, they can switch everything, whatever. And kind of going with that, because I do think the offense will be good enough. I think at that point you've got, you know, Giannis, obviously you've got Drew who can create his own shots sometimes, but can now be a little bit more of a shooter, not be relied on too much offensively when you have Chris, who's the main shot creator. Then off the bench, you've got Bobby, you've got uh, Ingles who can handle the ball some and hopefully gets a little bit better. Um, Pat Connaughton can shoot. Like, I think, I think at that point, if Chris is back, I I don't know. I think people do underestimate what Chris bring, not what what Chris brings, but how much Chris changes things offensively because he is the main perimeter shot creator. Giannis yep. isn't that guy. Drew's not that guy. It is like if there's a guy you give the ball to and say go get a bucket from the perimeter, it is Chris Middleton. And I think not having that changes things drastically. You know this. He is the number two option, but he's the main creator. And I think that's what people sometimes kind of lose is they're just like. Oh, you know, he's a 20 point per game guy, but the way he plays, what he brings is so valuable to any team that doesn't have another huge shot creator. So I, I do think it changes things more than people give him credit for. And so that's why I do trust that if he's back and, and close to, you know, where he was before the offense will be good enough. You've got enough guys there. Um, and you're going to shorten the rotation in the playoffs anyway. So it's like, if you've got a good starting five. And a couple guys off the bench who can who can score and bring it, then it, okay, you're fine. So that's how I'm looking at it.
1: All right, Nathan Marzian, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Make sure to download Green and Growing. Tell your friends, tell your family. Like I said, not everybody knows about this podcast, Curd and Long podcast. Everybody else has been doing podcasts for a hundred years. We just started the podcast uh, game over here at 1250. So uh, help us out. Tell everybody you know that we're doing podcasts, so they can check out the podcast and listen for themselves. Last topic. How much concern do you have about this Bucks team currently? The reason we are doing this is because of Nathan Marzian, this million followers, not exactly, but he's got a ton uh, on Twitter. Uh, tweeted out temperature check. How worried are you about the Bucks on a zero to ten scale? Now this was prior to Christmas. Okay, so just so you know, this was this was Friday night, nine o'clock at night on Friday night. This thing you have the like the little views or whatever the case may be of somebody that you know, eighty one thousand views of this tweet for one Nathan Marzia. Let's go over some of these, shall we? Paschke's burner. They've been around for a long time on Twitter. Eight. Everyone sucks, but Giannis, Brooke, and Drew, and then in parentheses, Paschke's burner says, and Drew historically can be a no show. Come on. Uh, Lucas uh, Five. Uh, Lose to the Rockets, turn around and beat the Warriors. Lose by 40 to Memphis, turn around and beat the Jazz by 30. Need more consistency to win anything meaningful and haven't shown it yet. Okay, so those are, quote, Bucks fans. Now, what I like about Nathan Marzian's Twitter account is everybody in the league follows Nathan because he is the biggest Bucs fan that we all know. And because the Bucs are good, you've got Warriors fans paying attention probably to him. Celtics fans we know are paying attention to him. Brooklyn Nets fans, we know they know who he is. So, you know, he's pretty popular. I don't know if he can walk into a bar without getting stuff thrown at him in Boston at this point. But having said that, Sloan Piva, I think that's how you say his name. If it's not, I apologize, Sloan, if you're listening to this. Uh, He tweets at Nathan as a Celtics fan. So now again, not a Bucs fan, a Celtics fan. As a Celtics fan, I have learned to always worry about the Bucs. Basically stays on 10 for us if we're being honest. Ha, ha, ha. They'll be fine. Holiday and Milton get back to full health. And the second unit guys go back to the second unit, and it's back to the basics. Still scary as hell. Sloan Piva. Why does it take a Boston Celtics fan to lay down the letter of the law to Bucks fans about really what this is? See, sometimes you're too in the middle of it to understand truly what you have. As I stated earlier in the broadcast, folks, if this team hadn't won in 20 years, or if this team had been battling for an eighth position for the last five, six years, and this is kind of what we've seen every year, and we can't get over you know, getting out of the eight hole and getting up to the five hole or the four hole, if that's what this was, I'd be with you. I'd be right with you, because I was screaming and yelling back then over regular season games. Go back and listen. Well, you probably can't now, but if you go back and listen to post-game shows from 05 through when I was doing post-game shows or 06, you'd hear me freaking out over regular season games. Now, when you win a championship, you've been at the top of the hill, you would have won the damn championship, I still think, if you had Milton healthy last year. You would have won that probably too last year. There is no reason in December to be freaking out at this point about this team. Talent level hasn't changed. A Bunch of these dudes are the same guys. Middleton, we just talked about. We don't know what he'll, what his level of play will be at. Joe Ingles is a proven NBA player. That's really good. So we'll see what that ends up being and how he fits into this. Like the question again, temperature check. How worried are you about the box on a zero to 10 scale? I saw some people tweeting negative 10 uh, and so forth. Not worried at all. That's where I'm at. I, I don't have a concern in the world about this basketball team unless like we talked about in the last segment, they come out and say Middleton's done for the rest of the year or Milton comes out and says, dude, this is all I'm going to be this year. Physically, I'm just dealing with a lot of stuff still. I'm not really a hundred percent, but I'm going to play through with what I've got, but I got a lot of stuff going on. So this is kind of what it is. Unless something like that changes because if that happens, then I will completely change my tune on this or if there's a major injury, obviously. But if this team stays healthy with what they have currently, even without adding a piece at the deadline, just as is, this team still is going to be in the Eastern Conference Championship with every opportunity to go to the NBA Finals and win this thing again. I have zero concern, Nathan Marzion, about this Bucks team. I'm curious because you never really said, I don't believe on the tweets I saw, maybe you did and I missed it. What was your level of concern Friday night when you tweeted this, if there was, and then, did it change between Friday and after the Bucks Celtics game yesterday on Christmas?
2: So you're a zero to get that straight. You're a zero.
1: I'd be in the negative range if there was such a thing. Yeah, like negative thirty degree windshield. I'd be like negative thirty. I have none. If this team is healthy, then I, I have no worries.
2: Okay, I'm a, so it hasn't changed much from you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change it much based on one game against Boston. I'm at about a two point five to three. Like I'm low, but I do think. I'll, I'll i'll give it more than a zero because i do think as i said there's things they can there's things they can change you know i think now i'm like okay gracing can be upgraded um or not upgraded but just moved and changed they could they could potentially get another um defender that they need and so stuff and then the shooting stuff is is concerning a little bit so that's the only reason it's like a 2.5 to 3 but yeah it's not anything more than that if chris is not going to be back. Or like you said, if he's not going to be the same player and that's just what we're going to get from him, it moves up to maybe like a five or six, you know, probably a six, because at that point you're like, all right, we got to change something. You know, this is, this is, we're probably not going to be able to win with no Chris, you know, with barely getting anything from Chris Middleton. But as of right now, yeah, it's December, you know, there's nothing to completely lose your lose your mind over. And, um, you know, that Celtics like, like, it puts into perspective what that Celtics fan said is everyone around the league knows, but when you're watching every game, when you're overanalyzing, when you're, you know, really into it as a Bucs fan, you're going to overreact and freak out about stuff that really everyone else is kind of like, they're fine. They're, you know, you've got, you've got Giannis and drew and, and hopefully Chris comes back and you've got a good team. You're going to be fine. And um, I just think, you know, it's just nothing to to freak out over. So yeah, I'm I'm at like a 2.5.
1: You know, the other thing, too, about this is when we talk about uh, Giannis, didn't he, and I don't have the quote in front of me, and I should have, didn't Giannis come out? Oh, here we go. I do have the quote in front of me. Uh, from the Eric Name piece um, at The Athletic, again, if you don't read Eric Name, I don't know what's wrong with you if you're a Bucks fan. Um, quote, I think being complacent, talking about the slow starts lately, we are being comfortable. You have to effing go out there and take things, uh, is part of the quote from Giannis uh, to Eric Name at The Athletic. And do you want to know why? Cause it's December. These guys know it's December. Like I get Giannis plays at this crazy, stupid high level of energy and intensity every night. And he wants the rest of his guys to play at that stupid, high, crazy intensity level every night. And I think that that should be the standard that you should have as an NBA team every night playing at a high level. However, the reality of the situation is not every NBA team, well, probably 95 to 98% of NBA teams are not going to play at that level every night. Maybe 99% of the teams. Most teams are going to go up and down, right? You're going to get on stretches. We're going to be playing at a high level. Then for whatever the reason, you're going to get tired during a road trip or at the end of a road trip. You're going to stumble and lose a couple of games, and then you're going to have to figure out how to pick the intensity level back up. And there's different reasons why the intensity level picks up. Could be an altercation in a game, and all of a sudden, everybody wakes up out of their slumber and start playing at a different level could be somebody saying something in a meeting could be getting chewed out at a halftime of a game or in a film session every time throughout the course of a season there are different things that triggers different runs that occur during a season that's always been my belief when it comes to basketball and I don't think it's any different right now now let's see what happens. After this Celtics game, let's see what this next week, week and a half looks like. Let's see if this Bucks team now goes and rattles off two, three, four, five wins in a row and rebounds after this loss against the Celtics on Christmas day. Will this be the game that kind of gets them their head back in the game again and pulls it out of the sand and starts playing well? Don't know. I guess I just, I don't get as concerned because it's such a long season. Like I said earlier, if this was March or April, fine. Then I think I would, my concern level would be much higher than zero at this point. I would probably be somewhere around five if this was, you know, the end of March or early April. And this is our roster. This is who's playing well. This isn't who's playing well. This is what we're going to battle with. There's no chance of improving it. Um, Then, yes, then I would, I would have concerns after what I saw. There's, there's too many variables still in play here uh, to get that concern. And I'm also seeing on Twitter people talking about stats. Well, this stat here and that stat here and that stat. I don't care about your numbers, folks. I, I don't care. Don't come at me with your numbers. Don't come at me with your numbers in December. If you want to come at me with numbers in March and April, about an entire season, fine. But in December, I don't care about numbers in December. I really don't. The only numbers I would care about in December it would be as if Giannis is having, like, the worst year of his career. He's shooting 20%. He's missed 30 dunks. He's shooting 20%. Of the, like, if it's something obvious and stupid, like, way the other way, okay. Then come at me and let's talk about what the hell is wrong with Giannis. Fine. But right now, for the most part, everybody kind of looks like how everybody's always looked. Right, Nathan? I mean, does anybody look god-awful that's normally playing at a pretty high level and that has looked god-awful for two months? I don't... I don't know if that person r- really is there at this point. Jordan Wara hasn't ever really looked good uh, at this point. Pat Connaughton has been streaky. Like, who's that guy that's playing god awful at this point? I don't know if there
2: is a guy that's been consistently bad this
1: entire time.
2: Yeah, the only the only guy w- would be just for his shooting. Bobby Portis' his shooting has been disappointing because he's at 30%. Last year, he was in the, I think he was at 40 last year, and then he was at 47 the year before. You're not going to be at 47. But that was one thing I know people are a little bit concerned about is how he's been you know it's it's more than just a stretch now where he's been pretty bad um from 3 so that's been a little bit concerning i know for people and then um just chris but chris has come back from injury and obviously it's not you can't expect him to just come come back after 7 months and look fantastic so um yeah i mean i I'm a numbers guy. I'm an analytics guy. I'm a stats guy. So come at me with your stats. If, if Sparky doesn't want to hear them. Dave
1: but... is here for you. you. Tell them all your stats from November and December and we, yeah. we and October, and y'all can talk about stats of the first two and a half months. I just, I don't, listen, first of all, I'm not a big advanced stats guy to begin with. Everybody knows that. Whether it's baseball advanced stats or whatever the case, like win above replacement in baseball war. Good. Got it. Now, apparently there's an F war. I agree. F war totally against war. 100%. Yes. I, what that means. I have no freaking clue, but I see people talk about F war, whatever else. Do I care enough to go, go look it up? No, I don't care enough to go look it up one way or the other basketball wise rebounds, free throws, all this other stuff. Yeah. I care about that stuff. I'll tell you a stat that I don't like and I don't care about and it's become this big thing and people talk about it. And I think it's complete garbage is this whole plus minus number that they made up. Uh, to put in box scores. That is complete garbage because there are so many variables that go into every night of who's on the floor with this player, who's on the floor for the other team. What's the situation? What's the, as far as points, ups and downs, free, uh, you know, foul differential, all of this stuff. There's so many things that go into play and to just say, Oh, you had a minus 14, but he scored 40. Get out of here. Like, just stop. Like, There's just no way I'm going to buy into anybody having a minus 14 with a huge number at the end of the day, or somebody has a horrible number, but they're a plus 30. No, I'm not buying that either. I I just, I think that number is complete trash. And I know a lot of people put a lot of stock into it. I think it's trash. There you go. I've said my piece. Marzan, is there anything you'd like to vent about before we get out of here?
0: I
2: mean, I was just going to add, so, so, you know, you also have to look at it like, because you were talking about. Even, you know, playing your best, if this was March, April, you're more concerned. The funny thing is like when they got blown out against Memphis and, um, you know, they're losing to some of these good teams. It's like, I sit there and I'm like, guys, we literally saw this in 2021 in the playoffs. They lost by 50 to the Nets and people were like, yeah, they can't compete. They're not even close to where they should be. And they go on to win the series. And it's like, they, they have a very, like, they have three really good players. They have the best player in the world at any point they can, you know, turn it on and, and win a series and be the better team than whoever they're facing for however many nights they need to be like, that's why I'm just like, even, even if it is later, like I, yes, I'll be a little more concerned, but I'm not like, there's no way as long as Giannis is healthy, Drew is healthy. And if Chris comes back to close to healthy, that I'm going to be like, this team can't compete. Like there's and no, Brooke Lopez. Way. he, he also is a big key in all of this. And then, yeah. And of course, Brooke Lopez playing fantastic and looking amazing this year has been huge. And it's like, there's just i don't care if those role players aren't playing fantastic and if they're struggling a little bit and you know you're worried about the shooting and all that stuff like yes that that could make a difference but that is not making me go yeah there's no way we're beating Boston we we're not in the same realm as these guys like look at our team look at our top 3 look at our top 4 and and, and tell me that we can't on any given night beat any team in the league and look like the best team in the league like again we saw this in the playoffs when they should be playing their best two times they went down 2-0. One of those times they were getting blown out by the Nets and it's like they looked like there was, you know, we we have no way of beating Ky- uh Katie and James Harden and whatever and the whole crew. And they went out and and did it. And it's like and I know Kyrie got hurt and whatever but still like the you know, they they got blown out when James Harden got hurt. It was just Katie and Kyrie out there and they lost by 50 and they still go on to win the series. It's like just I don't know. You, you, it's hard for people to do, but you have to just be patient. Like, I, I understand it. It's it's not how people are kind of wired. You want to overreact. You want to jump to conclusions and say, "Oh my God, we need to go change this. We need to go upgrade. We need to go do this." I don't have a problem making you know wanting some small upgrades, but to act like we need to blow anything up is is jumping the gun and it's definitely overreacting. Like, just be patient. And I know they say it in Philly, and we don't like Philly, but trust the process.
1: Ugh. Uh, at Nathan Marzion, definitely did not need that mic drop on the way out. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Green and growing. Uh, normally record Tuesdays and Thursdays. Normally post Wednesdays and Fridays. Special little Christmas edition for you here. Recording uh, a little bit earlier uh, than normal this week because I felt like we needed to talk about this game as soon as possible. So that's why we're recording uh, a, a day earlier uh, than normal. We'll get back to recording again on Thursday later in the week. Uh, Again, thanks so much for tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your families. Green and growing, folks. Check us out. Have a good one. Toodles!